Father of the families of God, both on earth and in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mercies belong to you. Honor and majesty, glory, oh, worship and adoration. All things belong to you. And from you, oh God, all humanity and all creation exists. By your spoken word, all things came into being. By the same word of God, they consist and are held in place. We acknowledge your majesty today. We worship at your footstool in the highest name of all. The name that towers over every mountain, every problem. The name at the mention of which every knee bows and every tongue confesses. The name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so receive honor, receive worship, receive our praise. By him, Jesus, we offer the sacrifice of praise to you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for new mercies today. Thank you for grace that has kept us in trials and challenges and difficulties. Grace that has been enough for us. Thank you. Grace that has saved us. Grace that sanctifies us. Grace, oh God, that makes us acceptable to you. Thank you. Thank you. I pray today in the name of the Lord Jesus that you strengthen your people by the preaching and teaching of the word of the living God. May the Holy Spirit reveal truth to us. Truth that will transform us in the name of Jesus into the image of the Son of God. That as we are like him, indeed we may be like you. We thank you and we praise you for being present with us through the word and by your spirit. Thank you that your word will be confirmed, confirmed, confirmed with miracles, signs, and wonders following. I thank you for lives that will be transformed. I thank you for the sick that will be healed, the oppressed that will be delivered by the power of the word of the living God. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you and we bless you. I thank you for making me an instrument of healing, of salvation, of deliverance in the matchless name of Jesus. And for all that you do, God, we will give you alone all the glory, all the glory, all the honor, all the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for establishing people. Thank you, thank you, thank you for establishing lives. Thank you for making us fruitful in Christ our Lord. I give you praise. We give you thanks. That you be magnified and glorified in every life today. In Jesus name. And God's people said. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. 
Good to see you. God bless you in the sanctuary. And also everybody online, our online church visitors, we welcome you to World Missions Ministries Sunday service. I'm Pastor Anthony Turkson, and it is my joy, delight, and pleasure to share with you God's word. I thank God for this privilege he has given to me to bring forth the true light of Jesus Christ to God's people around the world and for the unsaved to come out of darkness into God's marvelous light. You have to know this. The darkness of Satan's power is over. It is over. Satan has no power over your life. The light shines and the darkness cannot overcome it. It cannot catch up to it. It cannot comprehend it. Light is greater than darkness. Love more powerful than hatred. Healing is more powerful than sickness. The true light of Jesus shines today. It shines so brightly for you with salvation, with healing, with deliverance, peace, power, and prosperity for all who believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, who trust in God. Amen. Amen. Come with me now to the text for today's message found in Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read the text first, and then I'll give you the title. So come with me to Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to be reading from verse 14 through 19. For now. Ephesians 3, I'm reading from verse 14 through 19. Hallelujah. Praise God. We ready? Glory to God. Amen. Let's go. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. Alonzi, silver put play. Let's go, God's people. Ephesians 3, 14. For this cause I bow my knees... Unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is talking about prayer. That expression there is prayer. Of course, kneeling down to pray is not the only way to pray, the only mode of prayer. You can walk and pray, you can lay in bed and pray, you can sit and pray, any physical posture is okay. You can pray everywhere. You can pray all the time. Amen? But he is talking about prayer here. One thing I need to point out, though, is this. It's good to bow the knee to God now. Amen. On the good side, the side of grace. Praise God. The side of believing in Jesus Christ and his finished work on Calvary to redeem us. Because according to scripture, every knee is going to bow. Whether you believe or not, doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. Every knee will bow. 
One day, everybody will bow the knee to God. Whether you call yourself an atheist, agnostic, a believer, doesn't matter. Every knee will bow. Believers bow the knee to God in worship, in adoration, in joy, willingly. Amen? But those who don't bow willingly, one day will be made compelled to bow. And you don't want to do that, uh, or you don't want that time to get, catch you unawares, unprepared by not receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. My prayer is that everybody listening to me today who is not born again, will born again means that your sins have been washed away. You believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. He died for your sins. God raised him up from the dead. If you believe that and confess him as your savior, believing in what he has done or what you're doing, uh, that's how you get born again. This is in your spirit. I need to explain that because some people in other parts of the world think born again means you died and you came back, you know, as a lizard or a monkey or as another human being or something. No, that's not what we're talking about. It is appointed unto all humans to live here on this planet one time. Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed unto us once to live and die. And after death here on this planet, we face judgment. Hebrews 9, 27. So according to scripture, there is actually nothing like, uh, what is it? Uh, you know, reincarnation. You don't keep coming back. All right, so. Get it right this time, because you don't have another chance to come back and uh, beat karma or whatever it is that people say. <laughs> you know, you, you got to get it right one time, once. Right? And actually, the reason why we have to be born again in our spirit is because the human spirit, through Adam, our first father, Adam and Eve, our first parents, through their sin and rebellion to God, they lost God's spirit, God's nature, God's glory. And we inherited that sin nature from Adam. It passed to all humans. And so we come, we are born onto the earth disconnected from God. We don't have God's spirit. Unfortunately for us, we, we have the devil's sinful nature because Adam chose to reject God and accept the devil as his master. And so we became enslaved to the devil. We got the devil's spiritual nature. We're nice people, but you still have the devil's spiritual nature. And that nature gets changed. That nature gets changed. So when it gets changed, that's when spiritually you're born anew. You're born again. That's not physical birth. It is spiritual birth. You're born in your spirit. You get God's spirit in your spirit. That's what born again means. Amen. So the reason why we need to get born again is because the human spirit is disconnected from God, does not have God's nature. But we're made to have God's nature. 
We're made to have God's spirit. We're made to have God's glory. And to have it, only God can give it to you. That is why you can't follow me to go to God. That's why you can't follow any great human being, any guru, any God, any Lord, anybody to take you to God because we're talking about God's nature. Only God can give us God's nature. A human cannot give other humans God's nature because humans are humans. God is God. So if you're asking, well, why do I have to receive Jesus then? It's because in order to get God's nature, God had to come to the earth to give us his nature. And God coming to the earth was what? Christ manifested here on earth. Before he became born by the Virgin Mary, according to scripture and history, before he became born by the Virgin Mary, he was called the Word of God. And that word was with God. I think the people just really need to be born again because the Holy Spirit has me on this. I didn't plan this. The Holy Spirit has me on this. So uh, let's stay there. Let's stay there for a little bit because the most important reason for which we're here is to get people born again. That's primary. And then, of course, next is to disciple them. You know, get them to be built up, to grow. Just like when a baby is born, someone's got to take care of the baby for the baby to grow. So when you're born again spiritually, someone's got to feed you the word of God, teach you the word of God, take care of you to grow. And then, just like humans, we grow and live out our lives, our purpose, our vocation, your passion, whatever, your gift, your talent. So it is in the spiritual realm, you have to figure out what it is, your, what your calling is, what your passion is, spiritually speaking. And you have to live that out. Amen? Praise God. So don't die without fulfilling your purpose. Praise God. Let me just, I know uh, the text for my, my, my preaching teaching today is Ephesians 3. I know that. But uh, just give me a moment. Let me take you to scriptures where we look at Jesus Christ as God who became flesh. And the reason he had to be flesh is because he's coming to save humans. So he has to identify with us. If he has to save humans, he has to become human. Otherwise, he can't pay for their sins. He, he cannot pay for our sins as God. Because God isn't human. God is God. If humans have sinned and you need to save humans, a human being has to pay for it. If I do a crime, I have to pay for the crime. I'm human. If I have sinned, I have to pay for it. Unfortunately, because God is holy and humans have become sinful, we can never do anything that will satisfy a holy God because to begin with, we are unholy. This is why you should not try to earn salvation. Because to begin with, he is God, you're human. And not only human, you have actually sinned against God. You're a sinner. So there's nothing that you can do that will please a holy God. It's impossible. So what you have to do is to accept God into your life 
Look at what he has done to bring you into his family. Look at what he has done to give you his nature again. Remember, in the beginning, he was the one who gave humans his nature. God breathed into Adam. Adam did not manufacture God's life. God just breathed into him. So we have to have the same thing happen for us to get back, at least back to where God wanted us to be before Adam sent. We'll still need God to breathe into us. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. Makes sense to me. So let's go to where Jesus was God and became human. What I'm going to do actually is take you to the end of the Bible and then we'll come, we'll come to John. I'm going to show you something in John in a moment, which most people know. But for now, let's go to Revelation 19. In a moment, you're going to see why we're looking at this first. Revelation 19 and verse 13. Revelation 19, 13. So everybody online, uh, please, in your homes, look, at, look in your Bible, Revelation 19, 13. And our media team will also put it on the screen for you uh, on YouTube, Facebook. So let's go, please. Revelation 19, verse 13. For those of you in church, if you found it, say amen. Okay, good. Wonderful. All right, Revelation 19, 13, I read. And he was clothed with a vesture. Clothed vesture. So what, he, what he's wearing. Dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. So there's a person here he's talking about whose name is what? The Word of God. Amen? Let's read on. Let's read on. 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him. So this Word of God is a hymn. It's a male the person. They followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. I just stopped there for a moment. I want to explain this because we're going to see it, uh, if not today, next week in this series of teaching. Verse 14, verse 14, and it matters as far as being born again. What I'm about to point out to you, being righteous. It matters as far as being born again. Because when you get born again, you become righteous. Righteous means you are, let's just use the word righteous. Righteous means you are right before God. Let's just make it simple. Righteous means you are right before God. It's simple. In my mind, I'm like, okay, righteous, I'm right before God. Yes. It just means that God has declared you right. He has justified you. So let's pick up on justified. He has justified you, meaning that before God, you being justified, it means you are just as if you never sinned. So just, just pick on the words and make it easy for yourself. Righteousness means you are right before God. And when you are before God, it is just as if you never sinned. Though you are a sinner, because of the blood of Jesus that has washed away your sins, it is just as if you never sinned. So remember, the biblical word for just as if you never sinned is what? Justified. It's very simple. 
Okay, we go on. Revelation 19. Uh, what did I end? Was it 14? Right, 14. Thank you. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. The fine linen, white and clean, speaks of something. It speaks of righteousness. Now I'm going ahead of myself, but it's okay. It speaks of righteousness. Why? Why is it okay? Go to verse 8. So media team, flip back to verse 8. Revelation 19, verse 8. Everybody go to verse 8 in church. Let's go. I'm going to teach today a lot. So God gave you 10 fingers so you can flip through the scriptures. Amen. Good to see you, Pastor Sandra. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. We're there. Verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be dressed up, clothed, arrayed, in fine linen. She, she should wear this, put this on her, fine linen, clean and white. Where did we just see that? Fine linen, clean and white. What did we just see? We saw it in verse 14, remember? All right, so let's continue in verse 8. I love the Bible. The Bible explains itself. Look at this. He says, clean and white for, verse 8, for or because, the fine linen is what? The righteousness of saints. So today you learn from scripture, not from what I say, not from what I think, not from what any denomination says, but the Bible says fine linen is what? What does it represent? The righteousness of saints. Amen. And furthermore, now in two places, verse 8 and verse 14, he says the fine linen, which is the righteousness of saints, is clean. Clean and white. Clean because it has been washed or sanctified or purified by the blood of Jesus. Why blood now? When we were talking about being clean, people being clean, why blood? Because, remember, I think it was Pastor Afo. Two weeks ago, or Reverend Janice. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But the Holy Spirit has been teaching us. I'm telling you, the past two weeks have been, you got to get online, go to World Missions Ministries on Facebook or, or YouTube and, and just listen to the messages that the Holy Spirit has been bringing forth. Two weeks ago, I'm listening to the word. Pastor Afel is ministering. I'm like, no, this is, this is Bishop Afel now. This is, this is, this is, whoa, hallelujah, amen. So I was, I was teasing him this morning and he's fighting with me. He said, Pastor, no, 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 Bishop is right over there. I said, yeah, I know that, but yeah, the, whoa. And then Reverend, Reverend Janice came uh, last week and, and the, first of all, the word was masterfully delivered. I mean, it, it was, ooh, I was like, oh, Jesus. This is, this is too good. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you, we are blessed. We're blessed. So just soak in the word because God's doing something wonderful. You're going to bear fruit this year and your fruit will remain. Amen. The multiplication will come. The elevation will come. Praise God. Praise God. Elevation. I actually have a prophecy 
for you, uh, God is so good. There are some people that God has changed certain things about you and your life and has placed you so high. Now, you're going to try to go back and do some of the things that you used to do and that way will not be existent. You, you will try to go back and do some of the things that you used to do. Walk on certain paths and it will, it will not be there because God has lifted you so high, so high, that what you knew and the way you used to walk and operate, he has changed you when you try to get into, forgive me for using this word, get into that groove it will not be there. It just won't be there. When you want to get back into that place, it will not be there. God revealed it to me and I also saw it. And what was funny was that some of the people were struggling to try to go back to the old paths. Human beings, we are funny. We are really funny, you know. God, and they were looking for the old paths and they just could not. These are bad old paths. And they, they could, they just... They just couldn't get there. And the Lord reminded me of the scripture that he will create a highway. I will create a highway for the redeemed of the Lord and they shall walk in that place. The scripture came to me after I'd seen that vision. A, a highway was created that's like on, on top, just really high. And there was some way that was down and the the people, some of the people who were walking on the top highway tried to go back down and they could not find the lower paths. Praise God. That is the transformation. That is what God has done. Amen. Praise God. It was awesome. Just forgive me. I'll give you another picture that I saw. When, when uh, I visited China, and this was not even to preach, it was on business, and there was a city, I'll mention the name, but the city that we went to, and to go from our hotel to the place where we're doing business, there's this highway. And there was a highway. You know how, like here, we have flyovers? But a lot of the flyovers, like, you kind of turn on your exits, and then you come back, you join the main road. Well, in this case, though, from our hotel, you know, you get on the highway to go to the business district, and there's a highway on top of the regular highway. But it goes for miles. I mean, like, you know, you see highways on top of highways and maybe like at the most, at the most one mile and that's it. No, this was like, I'm, I'm like, wow, these people mean business. They want to make sure you leave your hotel, you go to the business district and spend money. So they create highways, you get on it, you're not bothering with all the other um, local traffic. You just stay on this highway on top of the highway for miles. And I'm like, wow. They just built it to make money. You want a visa? They make it easy for you. Just pay your money. You can't spend your money. Wow. So the Lord showed me this highway and the lower one. And what was funny was some of the people up, they, they kept going on this, the highway that was on top, 
And as they're going, they're looking down, they can see the road that's down and, and it's, it's curved, it's just winding. And they're like, no, I'm not used to being up here. It's too high. It's kind of like some people are afraid of heights. They're not comfortable with that place. So they try to go back and they could not find the old path. You will lose your groove. You will lose your ability to do what you used to do. I remember years ago, became friends after, but years ago, had lunch with uh, this, this, this older gen gentleman. And, and uh, you know, we're talking, you know, he's born again. And don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing this is somebody's personal story. He says, uh, he's talking to me and he says, oh man, you know, I get my cold beer on a Sunday, my pizza and cold beer. Oh, this is life. Okay. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not judging someone who drinks beer. No. But this is where he was. Remember, he said, he said to me, and this, this is life. He got born again. He gets in the word. And God wants to show him. Okay. Maybe somebody does that just to do it. But he does it. And to him, this is life. And God showed him that's not life. I give you joy. I give you real joy that you go, the joy of knowing Jesus. This is life. You understand? Like there's some cultures where, you know, families, they have wine with their meal all the time. And it's just like a normal thing. It's not a, not a big deal. There are other people who, for their wine is like their life. It's like if I don't have this, I'm dead. It's just like some of you don't have any vim in life until you have coffee. Coffee is not sinful, but think about why, why do you have to depend on having energy through coffee? Why, why, can't you, why can't you have energy? What are you missing? Are you, are you understanding me? Don't become a slave to anything. Do not become a slave to anything. Please don't go home and say, now nah, pastor is putting us in bondage. I am not saying there's anything wrong with coffee. This is, this, this is coffee. <laughs> All right. So anyway, he says to me, he says, man, you know, my cold beer, pizza, that's on a Sunday, that's life. So anyway, we, we go for lunch. I think I was lunch. And we all order. And then he says to me, Pastor, you pray. So I prayed. He has his beer and he says, man, this is lousy. This is the worst. And he took me to like, you know, a nice place. He knows the history. He said, this is the worst beer. And then he looks at me and says, Pastor, your prayer messed up the beer. <laughs> and from that day, and we talked later, he said, after that day, from that day, he was delivered from it. He no longer felt that that was life. Taste the Lord. Come on, church, you tell me. And see that he is good. Before, he had a certain taste. And to him, that was life. May God deliver you from the lower things of the earth. And bring you high. Amen.
I did not say to anybody, when your beer is wrong, your coffee is wrong. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about knowing that Jesus is life. It is in him we live. In him we move. In him you have your being. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that your life is only complete because you drive a Mercedes. Because you live in a mansion. Because you have coffee or because you have beer. Because Can you understand what I'm saying? All right, God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Oh, he said, oh, Pastor, and his wife said, yeah, you, you made a mistake by asking him to pray. Pastor cursed the beer. <laughs> and I did not. I just prayed that God will bless what we're going to eat. I didn't talk about the beer. I didn't, you know. The wife said, Pastor cursed the beer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God is so good. Be free from any deception. Amen. Okay, let me get back here. Revelation 19. So walk on that highway the Lord has created for you. That's a prophetic word. Don't go back. Please don't go back. Amen. Don't go back. You can't cheat your way into promotion. Don't go back. A slick way, they all don't go back. <laughs> In fact, you try it, it's not going to work. Amen. May your weed taste so horrible. <laughs> My God, may God get you. I have declared it in the name of Jesus. Your weed would taste so horrible because Satan has been lying to you that without it, you can't have rest. You cannot enjoy your life. Christ is your life. Amen. Again, yeah, don't miss, I know, you know, somebody saying, well, what about medicinal? What that, that is, if you're spiritual enough, you know that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what, some, what Satan has convinced you that you're not complete unless you have something other than God. That's what I'm teaching. Amen. Because we all know that whatever is in weed, there are also medicinal aspects of it. And, and that's not what I'm talking about. And that's not my expertise. So, obviously, I'm not going to spend time talking about it. We're good? All right, let's go. Revelation 19. So, here we see he's talking about Jesus. Uh, verse 15. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, which will be the word of God, right? Ephesians 6, the word of God is that sharp sword. Hebrews 4, the word of God is powerful. Verse 12, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. All right, I heard Reverend Janice taught us that last Sunday. So we go on. Revelation 19, 15. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he shall smite the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. That's just talking about the great tribulation period. It's a different time ahead. You and I will not be part of it. We'll be in glory. We'll be in heaven. Let's go on verse 16. And he has on his... Oh, somebody says, well, how, how are you, why are you so confident that we'll be in heaven? We'll be in heaven because, remember, he's already told us 
he comes riding on a white horse and the armies that are with him. He doesn't come alone. He comes with us. Right? I'm not going to do tribulation, but you can just see it for yourself. Go back to Revelation 19. Let's go to verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him. Followed him. So are, are they with him? We're good? They followed him upon white horses. And they were clothed in what? Fine linen, white and clean. We already saw that the fine linen is what? The righteousness of the saints. So these people who are with him dressed in fine linen, which is the righteousness of saints. They are what? They are saints. This is not referring to angels. Come on, people. He just, I, we just had the Bible explain it. Yes, we know he comes with a host of angels also in addition. But over here, these people here, they are saints. Amen? We're good? Verse 16. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. So let's stop here. Who is the king of kings and Lord of lords? Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus Christ. So this person called king of kings, Lord of lords, is also called in verse 13. What's he called in verse 13 that we saw earlier? He's called the word of God. Amen. While we are there, let's learn a couple more of his names. Go to verse 11, please. Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called what? Faithful and true. So you learn two more names. Of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Word of God, He is called faithful and He is called true. What He said about you that He's going to do in your life, He will finish it. Faithful is He who has called you, who also will do it. Amen. One of the things that I do to help myself, there are many things, but one of the things that helps me. Trust God is that I look at God this way. He's so big, he doesn't need to make up any stories, he doesn't need to lie, he doesn't need to apologize. So, whatever he says is true. Do you ever notice that on earth, generally for most people, when we're lying, it's because we're afraid. We're afraid of something we might lose. That's what we're trying to cover up. Okay, maybe not. You. It got quiet. You know that Sunday thing, it gets so quiet in church? Yeah, I know, I know you're listening, but I could also feel that I'm stepping on toes a little bit. And it's good, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So... So, you know, God, for me, as I look at God, I'm like, I mean, he's, 
His word is final. He's the boss. Where he is in his class, there's nobody like him. He's above all, so he has no reason to cover up, to make up any story. No. He's absolute. That's why Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. He, 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 but he says, if I say it, it's because that's what it is. By my stripes, you are healed. Because you are healed. Then when it comes to humans, we're like, no, you see, when the apostles died, miracles stopped. And when the church was established, we would look for all these things because we're thinking on human level. When he is absolute, he is divine, he is God, he is the biggest, he is the greatest, he is almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. And this God is your God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let's go to John chapter 1. I think you've been waiting for that, right? <laughs> Praise God. John chapter 1. Let's go, please. And verse 1, verse 1. Media team, I'm going to do verse 1 and verse 14. So I'm going to do John 1, verse 1 first, and then we're going to do verse 14. Thank you, Jesus. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's not the word was a God. No. The word was God. Amen. Just learn this. If in the beginning was the word, one thing you can learn practically for your own life is this. Any beginning of your life start with the word. Start any beginning, any project, any beginning of your life with the word. Speak the word into that situation. Praise God. I declare concerning this business. Thank you, Lord, that you gave me the idea. Thank you that you've given me the skills, the gifts. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me divine connections. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me the funding. I thank you that these gifts that you've given to me will make room for me. I thank you that I'll serve humanity with these gifts. So I thank you for your grace upon my life, and I speak that this business is successful. You have blessed the works of my hands, and whatever I touch is blessed. This business will grow. It will be fruitful, and through it, you will transform lives. I declare to you business you are blessed. And then somebody maybe heard Jesus, what business? I mean, you haven't registered and you haven't started anything. He said, I'm calling things that be not as though they were. Yeah, baby, that's how you do it. That is how you do it, just like your father. Amen? In the beginning was the word. Start every beginning, every beginning of your life with what? The word. Speak the word concerning it. Amen? Okay. Praise God. So you speak concerning your children if you, if you want to have children before you have them. Amen? Amen. <laughs> okay, verse 14. I know. Somebody's like, I'm not going to respond. I've had all the children I want. If I say amen, 
I remember there was a time, I think it was uh, uh, one of our members, she made me laugh so much. Uh, a, a number of them, but I'm just thinking about my, my dear friend, uh, Miss, Miss, uh, Mrs. Bailey, Pat Bailey. She said, uh, this moment, just don't lay hands on me right now. Uh, just go and come back. Because that was the time I was praying for people to conceive. I'll never forget that moment. <laughs> Yeah, and so I, I teased her. It doesn't happen that way, but I'm <laughs> just, just that way. All right. I guess some of you didn't know, so now, now you know. You need a husband for that. John 1, 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word was made flesh. The word was with God. The word was God. Then God was made flesh. God became human. Why? Because he has to identify with humans. Amen. He had to become us so that we could become him. Amen. And this, he did it all. We didn't have to do anything. He did it all. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just go, I want to show you this in Micah chapter 5, and then verse 2. And then I'm going to move on. Micah 5 verse 2. Praise God. Micah 5 verse 2. Oh, hallelujah. Now, what I'm looking for is when Mike, Mike actually would have been better to do in Matthew. But in Micah 5, verse 2, Micah prophesies where Jesus would be born. Micah 5, verse 2. But thou Bethlehem, Ephrata, though thou art little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you, Bethlehem, shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth, the same person, his, going for, his goings forth, his operation, activity, his life, has been from of old, from everlasting. So although there are thousands of cities in Judah, God gives himself a problem. 600 years, 6,700 years before Jesus was born, God opens his mouth through the prophet Micah and says, although there are a thousand cities, I'm telling you, in Bethlehem, Messiah, Christ, will be born. Do you know how many cities there are in America? And then you, you decide 
that somebody is going to be born, a male, from the tribe of Judah, out of 12 tribes, you give yourself a problem. You are very specific. One tribe, the tribe is Judah. Out of Judah, he's coming from the house of David. And he's going to be born in the city of Bethlehem. Bethlehem, by the way, as you know, means what? House of bread. Why? Because Jesus is the bread of life. So he could not have been born in any other place but in the city called what? House of bread. Bethlehem. Beth is house. Lehem is bread. Isn't it awesome? And this person has been from everlasting. So that's another scripture that shows you that God became flesh. Oh, let's do one more. Go to first Timothy 3.15. I think. Uh, let me just, just be sure. What did I say? First Timothy 3, right? First Timothy 3.15. Usually the first number that comes to your mind is correct. First Timothy 3.15. Mm. Yeah. First Timothy 3.15. 15 and 16. Let's do 15. 15. But if I tarry long, that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. In your notes, on your Bible, underline some things because I'm going to come back to it today and next week. All right? The church, it's, let's do the 15 again. But if I tarry long, that you may know how to behave yourself in what or where? The house of God, right? The house of God is called what? The church of the living God. Today we learn a number of names for Jesus. You learn a number of names or attributes of the church here. The church is called what? The house of God. Did you underline that? Which is the word church of the living God. So the church of the living God is also called what? The house of God. And it is also what? The pillar and ground of the truth. So the church is called a pillar. So today you learn. Church is called the house of God. It's called the church of the living God. It's called the pillar. And ground of the truth. Another word for ground is foundation. Or as you can see in the context, support. Because a pillar supports something, right? A pillar holds something. I'm like, you know, you ever seen bridges that are held up by pillars? Yes, everybody? Anywhere in the world? Yeah. The pillar is holding up. Something is sitting on it. Okay, this is very important. This is some theology here. The church is not the truth. Jesus is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The church holds up Jesus. The truth. Do you understand that? Pillar. The pillar, the pillar is supporting the bridge. Amen. 
So what's on top that is seen is held by this pillar. The church is the pillar. And the church is holding something up to be seen. The church has to hold up Christ to be seen. Make sense to you? All right. The church is not the pillar. I don't want to mention a denomination. But there's a big denomination that over one point something billion people follow. And that denomination teaches that they are the truth. And the church was founded upon them and all the other things. No. And this is one of the scriptures they use to say that the church is the truth. The, <laughs> the church is not the truth. Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Who is the truth? Jesus. And the church is called to hold up the truth for the world to see. Just like I've been preaching, teaching today, that people will know how to be born again through Jesus. We get this. Amen. Prayer is made to God in the name of Jesus, according to the word of God, by the Holy Spirit. Prayer is not made to saints. Prayer is not made to humans. Prayer is not made to anybody. Prayer is it's ridiculous for you to even think that God has a mother. God ain't got no mother. God cannot have a mother. He's God. Come on, people. I mean, just some things, just, this is just mathematics. God is God. We're human. He's a God, God, mother. God ain't got no mother. It's impossible. Humans have mothers. Yeshua had a mother called the Virgin Mary. Yeshua, the Virgin Mary was a mother of Yeshua. The word was made flesh. She gave birth to the flesh. Amen. What she gave birth to was flesh. It was the word become flesh. But before he became flesh, he was not flesh. He was called the word of God. That's why I started in Revelation 19, verse 13. His name is called the word of God. Amen. All right. When we eat communion, for example, the, the bread and the wine represent, they are symbolic. They remind us of what Jesus did. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. He does not say the bread that you're eating and the wine you're drinking become the blood and the body of Jesus. No, Jesus died. When did he die? Over 2,000 years ago. That was it. Dead, finished, raised up, gone to heaven. He's seated in the right hand side of God. Then no bread you buy from any store that becomes the body of Jesus. And no wine that becomes the blood of Jesus. No, sir, it's not. It's not. You can't put your faith in the wrong thing and expect to be healed and expect to be born again. People need to be taught the truth. Amen. The church is the pillar and the support of the truth. We have a responsibility to teach the truth. To defend the truth. To project the truth. And the truth is not Christ. Excuse me. The truth is Christ is not us. It's not a human being that will die. It is Christ who is eternal. Whose going forth has been from everlasting. So if you want to be everlasting. Then you need him. 
You need to eat him so you live forever. Eat his flesh. Eat his body. That is believe in him. Amen. Okay, 1 Timothy 3. Are we there? 3. Now look at verse 16. That will just settle this for us. Verse 16. The moment you read it, you can see that's why I said it'll settle it. Because he starts by saying, and without what? Controversy. I love God. Ooh. Praise God. He's like Reverend Janice, not, not, not preaching, but in the court of law. Proving her case. Oh, this is the evidence. Your honor, based on evidence, irrefutable evidence. You can see this on the video. You can see this in the pictures. And with that controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Which is what? God was manifest in the flesh. The mystery is no longer a mystery because it's been revealed or manifested. We've seen it. How? Look at the steps. Number one, God was manifest in the flesh. Wasn't that John 1? In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was God. The word was made flesh in verse 14. Okay. So one, God was manifest in the flesh. Two, what? Justified in the spirit. He would never sin. Tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, he will help you in whatever you're going through and give you the victory. Amen. Don't accept any weakness that the devil tells you. Well, that's just how it is. And that's how it's going to be. No. No, we can put aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us. And we can run with patience the race set ahead of us. And we can say like Paul, I have run my race. I have finished my course. And now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me. And then I love Paul. Paul says, and not to me only, but to all. To all who believe in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Ah, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. So this person, that was God, became flesh, and eventually he was received into glory. Doesn't this tell you about the life of Jesus? God comes to the earth. He's preached about he dies for our sins. He's raised up. Angels see him. And he ascends to heaven. That's this. In one verse, he tells you the life and history of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We good? Praise God. All right. Now let's go to Ephesians 3. And this is a series I'm going to continue next week. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Praise the Lord. And verse 14, I think. Praise God. Ephesians 3 verse 14. Last week I was, as Reverend Janice was 
preach. I was having a good time. I said, where we're going. She said, are you with me? I said, yeah, we're with you on this journey. It was so good. And, and I was laughing to myself because uh, her first verse that she was teaching, she spent like 40 minutes to explain that first verse. I was like, yes, I love this. This is good. That's a teaching anointing. Amen. So Ephesians 3 verse 14, I read verse 14, and I spent all this time just talking about the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and how Jesus became flesh. All right, Ephesians 3.14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is prayer. We pray to who? The Father, right? Come on, people. You pray to the Father. You don't pray to your archbishop. You don't pray to your bishop. We have some funny things we do these days, and we think we prayed. You know, you didn't pray. Say, I call on the name of the God of Reverend Rosemary. <laughs> Seriously. Now, I know she teaches me a good word on Wednesday nights, and I thank God for her life. But it is God Almighty, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're not supposed to be praying in the name of Bishop Oyedepo. Oh, Lord. Why did I even mention his name? Where did I come from? Ah, I know where that came from. You know, some things are buried way deep somewhere. I had an argument with a friend. Nothing wrong with Bishop Oyedepo. But this friend used to go to a conference that this bishop would have in Nigeria. I think they call it Shiloh. This is years ago. And a friend had this picture on the, on, 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 they created an altar, you know. And I was very uncomfortable with it. You know, this is the way they talked about it. And, you know, it was like, it was like, come on, man. When we started out in ministry, it was Jesus Christ. But you're kind of like, I feel like you're worshiping this man. And this man's going to be upset with you. If, 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 if you let people feel like you're worshiping him. You know, I've never met the man, but I was like, no, no, I don't. You know, if he's really a true man of God, and I believe he is, he'll be upset with you because it, it, it's coming across to me like, you know. And, and some people believe that if they, they put the, the, the poster, you know, the person's picture, like on their car, they, they, they wouldn't have any accident. They're going to be protected. You're no longer believing in Jesus. I'm telling you, people believe some ridiculous things. Some people even put their posters in tea and they drink it. Yeah, you have no idea. There's some crazy stuff that people do. So stop praying in the name of your archbishop. Stop praying in the name of your bishops. Stop Pray, pray in the name of Jesus. You will get answers only through that. Amen. I remember something I used to teach years ago, and now we've grown, and we no longer have this problem. 
But I saw it. People used to say, you know, my pastor said, my pastor said, my pastor said, when I first came here, and I, had to, I remember Bible studies, man, I'll fight with them. I'll just fuss with them. I'd be like, no, you, you got to stop. You have to say the Bible says, the Bible says. And I drilled into them, and eventually they got it. And today I don't hear that here. Glory be to God. And some of you go out and you teach other people, and they're like, wait a minute, are you a reverend minister? Because they can tell the difference that the unction of Jesus is on you and you're not like the scribes. You teach with authority and power. Yes. And that's what God called us to do. To build up people that they will do the work of ministry. Yes. This thing that we do, if you cannot pour yourself into people so that they are transformed and continue the work then what you did is useless. The work Paul says, St. Timothy, the things that you have seen in me and I've taught you, you had to pour it into faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Didn't Jesus say, go into the hold and preach the gospel to every creature and tell them to do what I commanded you? That's how it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be. It has to keep going on from generation to generation. Amen. I pray that your children, oh my God, will be as pillars in the house of God and the things of God. And your grandchildren, your families will walk in the things of God. All right. Ephesians 3, verse 15. The Father of our Lord Jesus, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So part of our family is right now in heaven. And part on earth. We're good? All right? We're good? Okay. And we'll recognize one another in heaven. Verse 16. So he's still praying that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit. Where? In the inner man. How do you get strength from God? In your spirit. In your inner man. Amen. You get strength from God in your inner man. By whom? By the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Let me explain something to you. And I'll mention a name because it's positive and I criticize him. Kenneth Copeland has taught this a lot. And a lot of other ministers have taught it. But he is emphasized it. So he stands out in my mind for teaching this a lot. And it's positive and it's good. About partaking of somebody's grace. Paul taught it. Paul mentioned it by the Spirit. And, and one minister today that I've heard talk a lot about it. But being a partaker of somebody's grace, the grace in somebody's life is Kenneth Copeland. And some of his children have followed it, like uh, some of the other ministers who are like in a circle, like Creflo Dollar, Minister Creflo Dollar talks about it, and other ministers. That is good, partaking of somebody's grace. We're good? Not criticizing anybody. So, let's say this. When, 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 Bishop James Affle 
I know, I know. He shook his head like, Pastor, you're going to get me in trouble. So there's actually uh, an archbishop in Ghana who has a bishop in his church called Bishop James. That is how come I started calling Bishop James a Sufi Bishop James. You know, I like, I like that. This is, this is a fine man in, in Ghana who works with this archbishop. Really fine bishop. Bishop James, really fine. So we have another Bishop James. Bishop James. Two weeks ago, you are amazing. Amen. It was really masterful. I mean, I, I'm, I'm eulogizing you, you know, to the glory of God. I know God, God, there, there, it's another level. And keep going in that spirit, in that fire. This is what God has called us to do, brother, to impact lives. It's awesome. Oh, you put it. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's so good. Amen. Hallelujah. Reverend Janice, that, that fire. Oh, 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 I love it. Glory be to God. Okay. So, we have received of the grace of God on uh, Pastor, Pastor Joe's life. Reverend Janice's life, you know, that is the anointing, that's the spirit. But modern charismatics, some of us today make the mistake of saying things like, and people have done it to me, so I, I had to tell you this. They make a mistake of saying something like, uh, Pastor, I tap into your grace. Anybody ever heard that? Oh, people do that to me. <laughs> I tap into, the, into your grace as, as a teacher. Let me tell you something. All those things, they are gimmicks. You don't get anything in saying, yeah, I tap into, you tap into my grace. <laughs> tap root. And anyway, uh, you have to <laughs> sit under somebody's ministry. You have to receive of the teaching. You have to receive of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God coming from God through a person. That's how you partake of their grace. But just saying, you know, Mama Worth, I tap into your grace. Listen, that's not going to give you long life. No. If you have to tap into her grace to have long life and look, still look beautiful at 80, whatever, like Mama Worth, you've got to eat like Mama Worth. You've got to walk like Mama Worth, you know, whatever exercises she does. You know, you understand what I'm saying? We, we do some silly things today, you know. Uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes, I tap into your grace. No, you're, you're not. You, you, it's, it's not magical. You have to listen. You have to learn obedience. You have to serve. You have to be faithful. Praise God. It's, it's not like, you know, you're disconnected, you're disobedient, and I just tap into and I get something that is nice on him, and, and then I just go do it. No, 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 no. That's not how it happens. The things that you have learned from me, 
the things that you have received from me. Amen. That's how it happens. Praise God. Because if we could just tap, man, I would tap into somebody's grace and be able to sing. You have no idea, man. If I could sing like some of you all, I would be, what's that word? What's that? Basking? Is that basking? The people who play like at a subway station, they just they have the band by themselves, they're all by themselves, they're rocking away. That is what I would do. If I had a good voice, you people have no idea. Man, I would just stand on the street corner and I'll belt out my tunes. Oh. <laughs> you guys have gifts and you, yo, you don't hide your gift. Hallelujah. You learn something? If you want to tap into somebody's grace, you have to receive the teaching. You have to receive the word of the Lord from the person. I listened to somebody like Bishop Lani Henderson teaching, and, and I smiled to myself because I can just see Bible college in him. He starts out, whatever his topic is, and he says he defines the word. Till today, I, I'm like, he defines the, the way he was taught. He defined the word. And then I noticed he likes the Greek and the Hebrew. So he'll give you the Greek and he'll give you the Hebrew, and, and then you break it down. And I'm like, yeah. So... By the time somebody sits under him for two, three years, they receive of the grace to be established in the word of truth. Do you know that I can comfortably be away from here for six months and know that whoever mounts this podium to teach will teach the word of God? Because that's the grace that is on the ministry. Does that make sense to you? Amen. Praise God. So when you spend time with somebody, you pray together, you flow together, then, you know, you, you affect one another. That is how you have a transference. But it's not these things that we do today, you know. Reverend Tampia Kofi, I tap into your grace. You can say that for a thousand years, you ain't gonna get anything. So correct some things. Amen. Okay, let me go on. Ephesians 3, now verse 16 again. That he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. I come back to verse 17. May be able to comprehend whatever happens in 17 will do something, will result in something. A result in spiritual comprehension or spiritual understanding. You may be able to comprehend, understand with all things what? What are you going to understand? Let the Bible tell us. What is what? The breadth and length and depth and height basically of the love of God but we go on 19 and to know what the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God 
So Paul's prayer basically is here is to end in this, that the people may know God's love for them. Are you with me? Okay, let's, let's do it again. I know you're listening and it is settling in, but let's do it again. I said we'll go back to verse 17, Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. Media team, <laughs> the title is Rooted and Grounded in Love. Rooted and Grounded in Love, which is in verse 17. I'll continue next week. But you can see why the Spirit of God took me from the beginning to teach people about being born again. Because to be born again is God's love expressed to mankind through Jesus. Isn't that right? Just before we look at the verse... We read the verse Ephesians 3. Let me just support this question I just asked you. That is this. To be born again is the expression of God's love to mankind. We all agree? Jesus coming to die for us is an expression of God's love to us. Isn't that right? Okay. What is the famous scripture that comes to mind? John 3.16. Thank you. If you watched a football game in America, you've seen somebody with a sign, John 3.16, at the end zone. I love that. That's one witness. You can't get away from that. Amen. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Oh, God is good. Now I see why the Spirit took me there from the beginning just to teach about being born again. Because we're talking about getting the title, and I'll continue next week, is to be what? Rooted and grounded in love. Whose love? God's love. To be rooted and what? Grounded in love. It's not one. It's two things. Rooted and grounded in love. That is God's love. For God so loved the world. Oh, yeah. Come continue that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So what gives you everlasting life? Believing in Jesus. It's not talking in tongues, although talking in tongues is good. It's not going to church, although going to church is good. Reading the Bible is good. It's not giving to the church. All these things are good. But what saves you is believing in what Jesus did, what God and Jesus did. That's it. Now, after you believe in that, God wants you to get rooted. You get this? God wants you to get what? Rooted in his love for you. He wants you to become grounded. There are two things. Okay, so read Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. How? By faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Whose love? God's love. Unconditional love of God for you. I said, but you don't know how I messed up. For God so loved the world he gave Jesus. Where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. Amen. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. How does Christ dwell in our heart? By faith. Whose faith? 
faith, the faith of Christ. I'm not going to turn to it, but I'm going to quote it from Galatians 2. Uh, just look at it. Galatians 2, we're right there. The book just before, before Ephesians is Galatians 2.20. 2.20. So if it's on your screen, look at it. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But Christ lives in me. Look at this. He's gone to a point where he's no longer living. Christ is living in him. And the life that I live, which I live now in the flesh, I live by, read it, by the faith of the Son of God. Whose faith? The faith of Jesus. Not your faith, not my faith. We've struggled in the past because it's always been human. It's always been us. It's always been my bishop, my archbishop. It's always been, I go to Shiloh. It's always been, I tap into this person's grace. I tap into, listen, if you're tapping into my grace, let me ask you a question. Who gave me the grace? Come on, people. I asked a question. You tap into my grace. Who gave me the grace? Jesus. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So go to Christ. Tap into his grace. It is by his grace we are saved. We, 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 are, we are messing up, people. We're tapping into people's grace when we're supposed to be tapping into God's grace. No, wondering, oh Lord, when is my breakthrough come? When is, because you're following men, not following Jesus. By grace, we are saved through faith. The life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Jesus defeated the devil. Jesus defeated principalities and powers. He set you free. He destroyed them. He disarmed them already. Already, you don't need any special water from me, special oil from me. You don't need 10 steps through deliverance. You don't need to come to me at midnight for prayer, 3 a.m. for prayer. All those things we are doing, they are keeping the people in bondage. They are not keeping their eyes on Jesus and what Jesus did. Today, do you know how many places they set these things up? If we pray from midnight to 3 a.m., that's when we're dealing with principalities and powers. In fact, some people even say you have to buy a plane ticket, and when the plane gets into 30,000 feet, then you're dealing with... You have no idea what goes on. Didn't you all hear on TV some minister calling angels from Africa to come? That is ridiculous. But the big guys do it. And then those of us who are following, who are learning about Christ, we think that's the way. That's not the way. They are not holding on to Christ. They are holding on to the names, to the powers that be, and not Christ. We're not doing Christianity. We're doing pseudo-Christianity. Something we think is Christianity, and it is not. Forgive me for saying, but does it even make sense to say we're calling angels from Africa? Are you? No, no, I have to be respectful. Um, seriously? See, come on. Hey, hey. Ah, 
I live by the faith of the Son of God who what? Galatians 2.20, please read that. Who what? Loved me and gave himself for me. You have to be rooted in the soil. When we talk about root, soil. You have to be rooted in the soil of God's love for you. God loves you. Mm. Pastor, I'm going through this problem at work. I'm standing with you in prayer, but we are standing on the reality. We are standing deeply rooted in the revelation that God loves you. You are the father's child. The father himself loves you. And he does not want you to struggle in that work situation. And so because of his love for you, the breakthrough will come. When we have the revelation of his love, that's when our faith is robust. Our faith is strong. The revelation of his love Gives strength to our faith. Amen. That God will do what he said. Because he loves me. And so Paul writes by the spirit ladies and gentlemen. says faith works by love. It does not work by 20 steps to this. It does not work by pastor. I'm going to sow a thousand into your life and tap into your anointing. Do you know how many people do this all over the place? You sow a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars into my life to tap into mine, you get zilch. That's not how it works. I didn't say don't support the work of God. I didn't say don't give to those who minister spiritual meat to you. The Bible tells you to minister your carnal things back to them. Those who live, preach the gospel, live by the gospel. No, that I know that. But the mistake we are making is that instead of believing that and knowing, being rooted in God's love for us, we are rooted in all the gimmicks. And it doesn't work. And we get frustrated. We're like, God, did you like to? No, God is not a man to lie. Neither the son of man to change his mind. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. My dear sister, one, everything God has said concerning your life, God will bring it to pass. It does not matter what barriers have come. Ladies and gentlemen, it does not matter what powers have risen against you. God so loved the world, he gave Jesus. He already defeated the powers that be. Woo, give him praise, somebody. He wants you to be rooted in his love for you. And then you bear fruit. Reverend, Jan, uh, Reverend uh, Stephanie, I told you I'll talk about that today. And that's it. For a tree to bear fruit. According to scripture, the roots have to be in the living water of God's word. You and I are trees that God has planted. God will not plant a tree that will not be fruitful. It is impossible. You will be fruitful. You and your generations, you will bear fruit. 
to the glory of God. Because he has planted you in his love. He has planted you in the water of his word. He has planted you in the power of his spirit. I'm going to teach you some more about that next week. That your faith may not stand in the power of men, but in the power of God. Not in the rhetorical abilities of men, philosophies of men, or traditions of men, but in the power power of God. It is not me. It is not Reverend Janice, nor is it Bishop Esrifi. It is God. It is not Apollos, nor is it Paul, nor is it Cephas. It is not the law of Moses, nor this. It is Christ and Christ alone. It is he that loved you. It is he who died. It is he who is risen. It is he who washed away your sins. Who can lay any charge to the elect of God? It is God who died in the flesh as Jesus. Who is risen again? If the Son of God sets you free, you are free indeed. And you dare allow a human being to tell you, you are not free because your great-great-great-great-grandmother did this. Your great, great, great. But the Bible says, the blood went to the city Adam. Did you ever read it? The blood went to the city Adam. Why did he say that? It's telling you that it went to the Garden of Eden where the problem was caused to set you free. Hallelujah. Be rooted. Galatians, excuse me, Ephesians, back, I'm going to close in my text. Ephesians 3, 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, the faith of Christ. He's done it all. Just rest. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted. In the soil of God's love. Grounded, that's the foundation. The ground, the basis of something. What makes it strong? What, well, if you're building a house, if you're building a house, I think uh, Pastor Joe preached this, but if you be, better, but if you're building a house, what's the strongest part for the house? The foundation. Amen. You're rooted in this love for you. And you are grounded. Your foundation is this. God loves me. Amen. My faith in him works because I know God loves me. Galatians 5, 6. Faith works by love. Faith that operates by the revelation of God's love for you. God loves you. Amen. I've given a number of examples, but when you summarize it, it's what God said. Blessed is the man who does not walk. I'll teach some more next week. In the counsel of the wicked or the ungodly. Who does not stand in the way of sinners. Nor sit in the seat of mockers or the scornful. I've given a number of examples. There are many others that we are doing. That is scornful. That is mockery. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. When the Bible talks about sitting in the seat of something, it's also talking about who you learn from. In the Bible, it says the people who sit in the seat of Moses, they sit in the seat of the Pharisees. Sitting in somebody's seat, it means learning. 
There are some things we have been, we've been partaking and it's just, it makes mockery of who God is. And there are people who walk in the way, the counsel, the teachings, the advice, the counsel of Ahithophel, the counsel of the ungodly, of the wicked. They stand in the way of sinners. They sit in the seat of the scornful. What it also telling you is this. When you're walking, activity, and then you stand, you're not as active. Then finally, you sit. Did you see that? They walk in the counsel of the wicked. Then eventually they stand. Then finally, they take a seat. So they have been degenerating. This is how it starts. The devil start talking to you, his ways, his thoughts. So you are walking, yeah? And then you stand and stare. Then you are inactive. You're standing and you're watching. I can give you many examples that we're doing now in America and around the world. But I won't waste your time with it. Just a few examples so that you can relate to this. The things that's going on that our leaders are standing and watching. How is it possible? How is it possible that in the United States of America, you can have the seat of government attacked? And we say they were tourists. Do we, do, are there any leaders in the house? Come next week, I'm going to teach you. God has planted trees. Trees of righteousness in your family. Trees in business. Trees in finance. Trees in leadership. Trees in nations. And until these trees manifest as they should, thorns and briars will whip us, beat us up. And afterwards, Reverend Janice, you said it last week and I was shouting. I said, thank you, Lord. They will burn us up. In John 15, if you are not bearing fruit, it's cast aside. Men gather it and they burn it up. If you don't do things God's way, the same people that you compromise with will gather you and burn you up. They will consume you with their carnality. They'll consume you. But God has called you to liberty. God has called you to holiness. God has called you to victory. And so he has made you trees of righteousness. I want to pray for you. And I conclude with this. For those of you who have been battered and bruised. Trees that have even been cut down. The Bible says that when the tree is cut down. In Job chapter 14, the Bible says, even that tree that has been cut down at the very scent of water, the water of the word of God, that tree will revive. For those of you who have been battered, who have been bruised, emotionally, physically abused, mentally tortured, I have good news for you. For God so loved the world, he gave Jesus. Sickness has ravaged your body. Confusion of mind, depression. It doesn't matter what has come against you. I have come to tell you, the Bible says in Job 14, verse 7 through verse 9, 
even when a tree is cut down and you say it's over for that tree, the Bible says when it scents water, it will revive. What is that water? The word of God. You are clean through the word I have spoken unto you. You will wear fine linen, clean and white, which is what? The righteousness of the saints. That righteousness is the righteousness of Jesus. God has made you right with him. And the devil can't make you wrong when God has made you right. God has healed you. And the devil cannot make you a prisoner of sickness. Even now be healed. Even now be made whole. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for even the tree stumps. Oh, that have been cut down. I pray that through this word, sensing the word, hearing the word, smelling the word, receiving the word, at the scent of the water of the word, by the washing of the water of the word, that you will be revived in the name of Jesus. Be revived, be restored in the name of Jesus. May this word of God, which you have heard today, that God loves you with everlasting pure love. May this word wash you. May this word purify you. May this word cause you to rise and stand again. May you rise and shine. May you thrive. May you thrive. May you not just live, but may you thrive. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Some of you were cut down by the devil. And he thought that it was over for you. But God has sent me to tell you. That you will be rooted in God. In his love for you. And you'll be solid. You'll be grounded. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I command shaky foundations to be removed. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May you be established on the foundation of truth. That is the word of the living God. That God loves you. Receive your breakthrough today. Receive your breakthrough today. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. That the Lord will restore your soul. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the word of the Lord will save your soul. Will renew your mind. Will transform you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the word of the Lord today. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Will bring healing to you. For he sent his word. And his word healed his people. And delivered them from their distractions. Any manner of destructive spirits. Sent against you. I rebuke them in Jesus name. Distraction to your house. Distraction to your business. Distraction to your marriage. Distraction to your health and well-being. To your peace of mind. I rebuke the spirits thereof in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I pray for you right now that by the word of God by the word that you have received by the scent of the water of the word that you may be revived receive glory again receive glory again by the power of the Spirit of the Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus, receive it in your home. Receive it right now. Makatoli, ilibrikando zanto brendoya. Lift your voice and pray with me. Right there in your home and here in the sanctuary, in the name of Jesus. Libikatoria, rando zibikaya, imrosta pandu libikaya, aina dibihunta pande, ilibikando zapandi, ilianto zamarutukando. Hey, prado. Zinibi wanturi bihaya. Hey, 
Labotuzi. Lift your voice and pray. In the name of Jesus. Job 14 says. They cut that tree down. But at the scent of water. That tree arose revived. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Blessed is he. That man or that woman. Who does not. Walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is he who does not stand in the way of sinners. Blessed is he who does not sit in the teaching, the, the counsel, the teaching of mockers and scoffers, but rejects them. Blessed is he who takes hold of the word of God, who meditates in the word of God day and night. Oh, hallelujah. He shall bear fruit. He shall bear fruit. When the heat of the devil comes against that person, they will be revived by the power of God. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy life to you. I say that your marriage will live in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak life to your body. I say your body will live in the name of Jesus. Live, live, live by the power of the living God. Mandolo broskitaya, ilibi andolo brokes to krunda bihindos. I ilisun to samanduli bikrendos. Faya ilubu saban inimihindo zunda. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father. Rika andosi. Nibi andedi andedi. Libi andeli mazuria. Mandikaturi ba andaya. Yezaturi andiri bakaya. Lady bazuni baturi bahandes. Kani imiandosi katuri. Aleri andoli bazuri. Neri bekari andeya. Libi andani misandos. Krasanti bikai maturi andeya. Ai maturi anduri amahando zikeya. Ayeta zuri bi andaya katuri. Leri amahando rosunta bakari endebrahaya. I thank you, Father. 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 Please pray this prayer with me to God. Please kindly repeat this after me to God. You're not praying to me. We're praying to God. I'm just helping you to say the same things the Bible says. When you repeat what God says, it is called homologia. That is to say the same thing God says. Hallelujah. Kindly repeat this after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today that I am deeply rooted in your love for me. I am deeply loved. I am highly favored. I am greatly blessed. In the name of the Lord Jesus. 
I reject the counsel of the wicked. I walk away from the way of sinners. I leave the seat of Marcus in the name of Jesus. And I receive your word by the washing of the water. By the washing of water. By the word of God. I am revived and I thrive. I rise and I shine for your glory is risen upon me. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. I am blessed in the name of Jesus. I declare Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' matchless name, I give you praise. Amen. Amen. All around the world and in the sanctuary, give the Lord a shout. The Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 Dead trees are now living again. I said dead trees are now living again. Dead lives are now revived. In the name of Jesus. The education is revived. The marriage is revived. Your health is revived. Oh by Jesus. Hallelujah. Give him praise somebody. Give him praise somebody. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to go home. We're going to have our coffee. We're going to have our whatever. We thank God for all that. But we have been revived by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can you give the Lord one more shout of praise? I love you, church. God bless you. Give God a mighty praise. Everybody around the world, God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let me pray over your finances specifically over your finances as we prepare to give to God. I know we can keep going on, but we have to bring the service to a close. Yes. Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. So let me pray over, over your finances as we give to God. Father, thank you for businesses. Thank you for vocations. Thank you for the works of our hands. Thank you for gifts and callings of God that are without repentance. Thank you that gifts given to us by God will make room for us. We will not bury our gifts. We will use them to bless humanity and to bring honor and glory to you. And so, Lord, now I ask for your blessings that make rich to which you had no sorrow to come upon all of us, God's people in the sanctuary and around the world in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give to you tithes, offerings, gifts of love. We present them to our high priest, Jesus Christ. This is our worship to God. And we thank you that is acceptable to you because we give by faith, thanking you for loving us. Not paying you, but thanking you. We give you thanks. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you also that as a ministry, all needs are met in this ministry to do God's work without hindrance, without limitation. We give thanks and praise to you, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pronounce God's people blessed financially, blessed in every area. And God's people said, 
Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All right. On the screen, you're going to see three ways to give. For those in the sanctuary, I'm going to quickly go over these three ways. And those on the phone line who cannot see anything on the screen, quickly going to give you uh, the information how you can give. Three ways. First of all, via Zelle transfer. So we have Zelle transfer, we have PayPal, and obviously we also have checks that can be sent in the mail. So those are three ways. Now, here are the information for the three different ways. Zelle transfer, the phone number for Zelle transfer is 571-234-2387. I repeat, for Zelle transfer, 571-234-2387. World Missions Ministries. God bless you. Second, you can give online via PayPal if you choose. Online via PayPal. Just go to wmmchurch.org. wmmchurch.org.org. And click on the screen comes up and click on the donate button. There's a red donate button. Click on it. It'll take you to PayPal and give as you choose. The Lord bless you. Finally, you can send a check to World Missions Ministries by mail. The checks are to made out to World Missions Ministries. The address is 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, and that's USA. For those of you outside America, USA. I repeat the address. 6805 East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland. And what we call a zip here is 20735, 20735, and that's USA. Thank you. The Lord bless you richly. In Jesus' name. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and evermore. In Jesus' name. May goodness and mercy follow you today and every day of your life. May we all dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus' matchless name, we pray with thanksgiving. And everybody in the sanctuary around the world who agree said, Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you richly. Praise God.